Hello, sweet parents. Welcome to the When Our Adult Children Walk Away podcast. My name is Dr. Janet Steinkamp, and during each episode of When Our Adult Children Walk Away, I will provide my professional and personal insights, information and opportunities for your self-reflection and growth, tips and tricks to make every day count, and encouragement to keep moving forward. I'm here to help you dig deep and get down to the root causes so that you can find your way out of the darkness to a positive and lasting relationship. Grab your notebook and a pen, settle into your favorite chair, and let's get to it. In this episode, we're talking about the third stage of grief in the estrangement grief cycle. I refer to this stage as despair. So we have uh, most commonly moved through our disbelief and rallied against our new reality. We've moved in anger, into anger and through anger where we uh, expressed our dislike, our, our frustration, all of the anger that we needed to get out, that we needed to deal with. And we've moved into some of the bargaining between anger and despair. There's some bargaining that goes on. If I were better, if I had only been, if only I had done more, fill in the blanks, if only. We go through this bargaining. And as we begin losing hope that that bargaining is going to get us anywhere, we've sent the angry texts, we've sent the apologies, we've sent the notes about how can you do this to me. We may have by now shown up on their front porch and uh, knocked on the door and tried to engage them only to have the door shut in our face. So we move into despair with hopelessness. We move into despair feeling helpless. We feel blame on ourselves, on other people, on whoever our religious deity is, we're exhausted and we're feeling ashamed. We're feeling like, you know, what did I do wrong? What did I do differently than my friends? And they begin to look at us, or at least we feel that they look at us with a little bit of a side eye, a little bit about like, what did you do wrong? What really went on in your household? There's a little sense of that. And more so with people who we don't know really well, but we know they're social friends, maybe people at work. In the despair stage, we ask ourselves, how can they think it's okay to let me hurt so badly? How can they want to wound me? How can they leave me feeling so badly and empty and alone? How can they not care that I'm feeling the way I am. I had a chance to ask my daughter after we reconnected. Uh, We were talking about the grief cycle in estrangement, and I was explaining to her kind of, you know, what I hear from parents and and what they go through and, and these different stages. And I said to her, tell me about the grief you experienced after you left. And she said, I was so fascinated by this. She said, Mom, I didn't grieve after I left. I grieved for the two years leading up to me leaving. I grieved every time I asked you to listen to me. Every time I wanted you to respect my decision and cheer me on instead of criticize. That's when I grieved. I thought that was fascinating. 
because um, it's not that our adult children don't grieve. It's that their grief is before they leave. Our grief is after they leave or during that estrangement period. I'm sure there's some crossover depending on where you fall on the estrangement continuum. Uh, But I just thought that was really interesting. So often in the stage of despair, we do a lot of writing to our adult children. We send amends letters, we beg, we plead, we promise, only to be met with silence or disregard or a continued and increasing request for more silence, for more distance, less contact. I worked with a mom. She was clearly kind of vacillating in this despair stage and cycling through denial and anger. In her despair, when she was making her promises to herself and challenging herself to do better, one of the things she decided to do was to send a text every day for 365 days to her adult daughter who had not spoken to her in months and who had very, very clearly said, do not contact me. I will let you know when I want to talk, when I want to reconnect. And in response, it increased her panic. It increased her sense of helplessness and fear of a year of silence or however long it was going to take for her adult daughter to come back and reconnect or even just to have any contact whatsoever. So I tried to dissuade her. Her her decision was in direct opposition to what she was being asked to do. Now, if we asked our adult children to do something and they acted in direct opposition, it would not be good news, right? We would feel like they were being disrespectful. We would feel like they were dismissing our requests, that they didn't believe that's what we needed, that they knew better. And the reverse is also true. When we don't regard and respect the request, as difficult as it is, we run the risk of extending the estrangement. So in this time of despair, I have a mental picture of sitting on my hands. So I did some things during during the really dark days, like wrote letters to my daughter, never to send. And I didn't leave them in my computer and I didn't write them in an email. I wrote them, printed them, and sealed them in an envelope. I did the same for my grandchildren. I opened up an email account in both of their names. I had the username and password, and I would write to them every few days, every day for a while, never about the estrangement, but about life. At the time, I was watching Schitt's Creek and some other series, so I would talk to them about that. I I found this really funny um, series that I'm watching. It's about blah, blah, blah. Just talking to them about my day talking to them about world events so that when they were of age, I could give them the username and password and there would be this treasure trove of communications from me. I put my energy into communication, but communication for the future, very difficult. It doesn't replace direct communication, but it gave me something to do. And during these dark days when we're feeling particularly hopeless and helpless, anything we can do to feel like we are controlling the situation can be helpful. It can 
give us that relief. I think in short, it's fair to say that in any of these three stages, we are not our best selves. We are not acting with the maturity and the clarity and the intentionality that we do when we're at our best. We are not exhibiting our best selves. And if we write or attempt to connect with our adult children during that time, they hear it, they feel it, they sense it. They know us best as we know we know them best. And it's very unlikely during these stages you're going to have a positive response to your own communications to them. In the despair stage, when we're feeling these senses of powerlessness, we can also very quickly snap into anger. We can be triggered. We can feel so down and discouraged. Our energy is zapped. We're maybe not sleeping well, or we're sleeping too much. We're not eating our best. We might be exercising, but it's unlikely unless we're intentionally challenging our energy into being healthy. We kind of let that go. So during this time, we can hear a song. It snaps us into tears or an angry rant. We can be triggered by a smell, a sound, a sight. Any trigger that comes along can move us immediately from despair into anger from anger into despair. Uh, This is when you hear people say, I'm removing all the pictures of my adult child from my home. Out of sight, out of mind, I don't want to see them. I cannot stand this emotional roller coaster anymore. And so they sit in that spot um, trying to empower themselves and give themselves permission to move away from their grief. And it may be, in some cases, that it works. In my experience, it's not likely that that grief is going to go away by ignoring it. It's more common that we need to experience and sit in that grief, in that uncomfortable space, and allow ourselves to feel bad, to feel sad, to feel the loss. In those moments, we can begin to move into a position where we see ourselves better, where we can begin to see our own unhealed wounds. We can begin to understand the generational trauma that has come into our lives through our ancestors, through the people before us. We can begin to understand where we have to do some work on ourselves in order to feel better. And it is through that process that I believe we do move through the grief cycle out of those first three stages into acceptance and beginning to do some self-growth, self-healing, self-soothing. And we begin, by by the nature of that, we begin to move into a position where we will be able to hear and respond constructively to any attempt to reconnect with us. And if those opportunities don't come yet, we are better for the work that we've done. So we're finding new purpose, we're moving through that despair, starting to find new purpose, starting to heal ourselves and become stronger, channel our energy into more constructive channels. And by virtue of that, we are becoming the person 
our adult children were asking us to be. Now, again, I'm not talking about estrangement that involves addiction, mental health, any kind of abuse. In those situations, that's a different, that's a different animal. It's a different kind of care and treatment that we need to seek for ourselves and prepare for a life without our adult child. We also need to prepare for a life without our adult children, regardless of the circumstances that led to um, them cutting off ties or distancing themselves from us. In situations that aren't driven by abuse, addiction, we can hope for, prepare for an opportunity where we may be able to start a connection. Estrangement brings us face to face with our very worst feelings our insecurities, and our own kind of emotional landscape where we find some of the landmines that we think we've dealt with and buried. As I've said, the despair stage is characteristically deep and dark. And interestingly, often people get caught here. They get caught into the wallowing and the woe is me thinking. And we can take advantage of that. Tina Gilbertson wrote a book called um, Constructive Wallowing. If you're interested in that book, we run a, a book club, four sessions, one, one and a half hours a session, where we meet in a groups of 12 and talk about the book. What is constructive wallowing? How do we take advantage, make the most of this grief cycle and these really difficult stages of grief? How do we work for ourselves to maximize that time. What is interesting is when we ask our adult children, how did you know I was making these changes? We hadn't talked for three years. We hadn't had any communication for, for months. How do you know I have done the work that you were asking me to do? And interestingly, what we hear is that the silence is what is that is the first indicator that is the first way our adult children think wow maybe they are listening to us my adult daughter said that to me i asked her how did you know that it was time to give us a try again to crack that door open and she said the first time i thought huh maybe mom is starting to get the message was i think a missed birthday i didn't send anything it felt terrible. I bought a gift, I saved the gift, and I saved the birthday card. I didn't send them to her. It's fascinating to me, that was the gift she needed. She needed me not to contact her. And then we moved quickly into Christmas and the holidays. And again, she said, when you didn't send gifts to us, at first my feelings were kind of hurt, and then I thought, well, it is what I asked for. And she really means it. She is, she is dedicated to this. And within a year, maybe 18 months, she started thinking, considering giving communication another chance. The silence is the gift that they're asking for, the distance. It's unbelievable to think that that's, that's what happens in estrangement. It's counterintuitive. We are not taught to allow separation and, and silence. We are taught to continue to reach out. Don't give up, keep trying. And it, it's that advice 
that can prolong estrangement. So again, during this time of silence, I really encourage you to begin to work on yourself. Start to identify the wounds you have that have never healed, the hurts and the regrets that you have in your life, and spend the time working on yourself. By virtue of that, we begin to become the people that our adult children are asking for. Another thing that can be very helpful in this stage of despair is um, finding a way to help a friend, a neighbor, starting to listen differently to people and really empathizing, learning about your communication style and how you might be inadvertently communicating messages that you don't intend. And by virtue of learning that about yourself, you can begin to adapt your behavior or learn new behaviors and practice them. Practice, practice. What we know about learning is that it takes 14 to 17 attempts to change a behavior before you actually begin to replace an old behavior with a new behavior. It takes time, it takes effort and intentionality, it takes energy, and that has to be a focus during this time because we're also zapped. We don't feel like we have energy to give away. And so we dedicate it to ourselves. We dedicate it to improving our life circumstances. And by virtue of doing that, we are doing the work that our adult children asked us to do. There will be people listening to this who will say, my adult child is never coming back. It's been years and years and years. In one case, I know of an adult child who actually held a funeral for her parents to symbolize that they were dead to her. Of course, that got back to the parents and they were devastated. They were devastated. They thought they would never be able to forgive that. And you know, over time, they did reconnect. Now, it was never the relationship that they had dreamt of as parents when their children were growing up. It was the relationship that their adult child decided they could have. And they had to let go of those past visions and dreams to accept this new reality. They had to forgive themselves. They had to forgive their adult child. They had to dedicate themselves to allowing it to be enough. And over time, they began to feel less like they were walking on eggshells less like they were, you know, there's this feeling when you first start to reconnect that anything you do could be wrong. Anything you do or say could send them away again for years. And it happens. It happens that we, that we make mistakes. The times that I've seen parents and adult children be able to navigate that and stay connected is when they've both been able to take responsibility, apologize, own their mistakes, and forgive each other and go forward. Doesn't mean it doesn't bruise the relationship. You know, it's a two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, two steps back. It's very slow and our adult children are in control. So we need to really do our work during this time. During the despair, and the cycle, we begin to find that our bodies are taking a beating. We begin to be sick more, headaches, 
as I said, we're not sleeping or we're sleeping too much, we can start to feel some of the post-traumatic stress uh, reactions in our body where loud noises startle us, where we're distracted. I know in the first months, I had this sense of giving up, that if I stepped away from everything I was feeling and experiencing related to the estrangement, that I was giving up on my child, that I was letting go of my relationship. And until I could really allow myself to do that, to put it aside for a while, put it in a box and put it on a shelf, I could not move forward. I was frozen in time. I was sitting in this panic and guilt, vacillating back and forth between anger. And it hurt my relationships. It was difficult on my relationship with my husband. I needed to be able to keep my job. And and those things needed to be where I put my energy. During that silence, my adult childhood stepped away, in this case, my daughter. She was doing what she needed to do to heal and maybe have a, a wave or a, a, hi, how are you doing at a family wedding or a family event? Those reconnections, those little tiny itty bitty steps, if we can convey in those moments that we are healthier, that we are stronger and are taking care of our own wounds and becoming more effective communicators. Those are wins. Those are wins between us. So I see our time is coming to a close. The next session is going to be about the acceptance stage. I'm so happy you made it to the end of this episode today. If you're feeling a bit more hopeful and like what you've heard here, please share this podcast with someone who you know is also struggling as a parent in their relationship with their adult child or other family member. And who could use some hope, help, and healing? If you have a second, I'd love it if you'd leave me a thumbs up, click on the word follow, and head on over to the When Our Adult Children Walk Away website. So until next time, my friends, be brave, be kind to yourselves, and stay hopeful.